Hello and welcome to the Lab Leaders Podcast, a show brought to you by the Human Understanding Lab of the Unlimited Group. I'm your host, Faye Hawkins. I've had over two decades of marketing, digital and comms experience, and I'm learning so much about how brands can maximise their marketing performance using data and insights from the experts we have on the show. Each episode, I speak to one of our lab leaders with a neuroscience, behavioural science or data science spin on how deeper human understanding has helped brands to improve conversion and performance across the customer journey. These are real-life, practical conversations about how new insight-led techniques change a brand's impact in the market. Really excited about today's episode. And we're going to be talking about the very important topic around sustainability. And I have two experts who are joining the podcast today. First, I'd like to welcome Andrea Tarachescu, who's a research director in behavioral science at Walnut Unlimited. So welcome, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Uh, and also in the studio today, we have Dr. Christina De Balanzo. Christina is a board director at Walnut Unlimited as well. And she's an expert in brands and brains. So welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, I really um, feel like I'm in very esteemed company for this conversation, uh, which is great because obviously it's such an important and sensitive topic for, for a lot of brands. Um, and obviously you have very deep understanding of you know how consumers are feeling and what advice we might give to brands to some of the areas that they could apply when they're looking at communications around sustainability, for instance. So certainly the awareness of sustainability has, has really kind of grown, but obviously brands need to think quite carefully about, you know, how they kind of take things forward on their own agenda and then also how they connect that with audiences. Perhaps you can give us your view about, you know, what sort of attitudes you might be seeing um, about consumers and, and the topic around sustainability. Do you, do you feel like people are kind of engaging with sustainability and ready to kind of tackle that? Yeah, I think this research that we carried at the beginning of the year, it gave us a lot of kind of hope about an issue of sustainability because one of the problems that we had before, and that you already alluded already about, and be able to see, you know, how sustainability is actually an urgent matter, you know, by bringing this immediacy. And I think it was very important this summer by saying in the UK, for instance, you know, these haze fields, you know, this yellow in the parks, you know, I think it was really touching our hearts and our minds to say, okay, it's, this is not for future generations. This is actually for us, you know, we need to do something. Also from a behavior science perspective, we know that the more tangible it becomes, the more I can see the impact in my day-to-day life, the more it comes to our attention. And there's an attentional bias as well. You, you didn't really have to pay much attention to, to the news to really see how much doom and gloom and how unusually bad everything around. And I think this is where the brands have an opportunity to actually bring some positive news, bring a bit of a glimmer of hope of what we can do next in this area as well. Hope is a good word for the theme and the spirit of this podcast discussion, isn't it? Because as a consumer myself, you know, you would like to feel like there is hope here and that, you know, we can do something that actually makes a difference. And brands, obviously, like you say, have a really important role to play. I'm privy to some research that, that Walnut have done, quite a big study looking at attitudes of consumers towards sustainability. We will put that into the show notes so it's available for further reading. Perhaps you can just give us your kind of top takes on that as to you know what you discovered and what the kind of important takeaways might be for brands. Well, we discovered a few things, but the important thing is about this hope, you know, that there was a positive tone that brands needed to take because people were kind of had the motivation to act. And this brings that people are already living and want to live it sustainably. People were agreeing that, that should more sustainable options out there. 
calling to my attention and this thing about the people were actually convinced that they needed to do something about it. The important thing here is that not everyone is in the same place. You can see that there are people much more ready for these changes and there are people that are just contemplating, you know, what the others are doing and some, some of them are still denying. And I think this requires then different marketing strategies for those. And this, I think, it was a very important role. Greenwashing, obviously, is a hard topic. Brands have to take this opportunity. There's this hope, bring this positive. However, be careful, you know, because uh, the backlash, you know, that can happen. Because you cannot be misleading. If you are saying this is good for the planet, okay, in which decree. I'm thinking that there are also institutions that are looking after how how brands are taking this opportunistically because the, the call is that urgent that we cannot take this from a commercial point of view, you know, and say, okay, let's make more money out of it. So it has to be truly embedded into the organization. You know? Yeah, and that's really at the heart of all this, isn't it? You know, why consumers perhaps feel so involved with sustainability is because it matters. We just touched upon there that there are diff- this different kind of profiles of, of people and where they're at in terms of their own attitudes towards sustainability. Do brands really understand that already, for instance? I think that's a really good question. Some do, some don't is probably the, the short answer. But I think in terms of what brands do need to do and, and what we, we recommend is to basically understand that there will be a need for different types of comps and different types of nudges depending on where they are. And so the, the very, very first step when it comes to tackling something as big and as complex as sustainability is probably then to really understand where the customers are, where your consumers are on the journey and not to treat everyone run equally. And obviously when it comes to really understanding these audiences, we can use different techniques such as implicit data. And I'm sure Christina will, will plug into this too. Coupling implicit data with behavior science, we really get an in-depth understanding on how to work with each of these segments and how to build effective communications that actually pull the right levers. And then finally, having this way of looking at different audiences, different segments, also allow us to then track if more people are closer to or have changed their behavior over time as a result of any of the brand communication, any of the strategies, any of the campaigns that we have put in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for brands, they need to perhaps take their audiences on a behavioral journey. If you've done this kind of research already, trying to understand the audience, what comes next? One of the examples worth worth mentioning here is around healthy and sustainable diets. We've done a lot of work with the likes of IGD, the Institute of Grocery Distribution, but also with a number of chain retailers and big manufacturers in this area of how can we encourage people to be more sustainable in in terms of the food choices that they make. I mean... In this, if we take the example of plant-based consumption, we actually managed to show that while indeed a growing number of people are now vegetarian or vegan, this is still a really small proportion of the population. And going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of the different stages, there is a actually even bigger opportunity and understanding the segments of consumers that aren't really fully into plant-based food, but are reducing or even just thinking about reducing meat consumption. And basically they need to be tempted or, or trying to, to basically encourage them to try different plant-based food options. So for these people, we need to think about everything from digital to point of sale communication and type of messages that will basically help them to maybe want to trial or just start to consume some of these products more and more. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, we really need to start to highlight the benefits of these products and avoid talking about meat and or the need to to take this out of our diets. And actually, this can backfire 
we talk about what you shouldn't do, we tap into the, our human bias of loss aversions. We as humans want to avoid losing at all costs. So trying to be positive, going back to that hope message that we, we tapped on in the beginning, it's really, really important as well. So there's good science behind being positive in that case. It's avoiding the, not, not doing the loss aversion thing that we're programmed to kind of feel like that. Absolutely. There is a science of avoiding the losses and also in general, just hope. We know that there is a huge human motivator behind everything that we do. We, we strive to the bigger picture to see how we can aim for that bigger purpose. And when brands manage to tap into that, it can be very, very powerful. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating perspective, honestly, because I can just imagine that perhaps there are some brands that feel like they don't have the strongest sustainability credentials yet. And so they might be a bit reticent to actually kind of share any of that information. And yet the backdrop, the context here is consumers are want to feel more positive about it. But also your own research, Chris, certainly kind of points to the fact that consumers want to hear about sustainability and they expect at the same time, don't they? So it seems like a perfect storm. Yeah. You know, but some brands are still reticent, which is a funny thing because I think every single brand on this planet has something to say, has something to do about it. It sounds very purpose-driven, but but it's not. So it really has to be part of your agenda. And as well, you know, when you are asking about case studies or brands that should but then, you know, I cannot understand how these brands that are working with us or with other agencies, you know, why they are not sharing more the insights when actually I can see Coca-Cola and Pepsi sitting together to see how are we going to fight against the plastic use? You know, how we are going to do it? You know, because if we are the first polluting, you know, the planet, how we can join, you know, with our innovation teams. And do it. And obviously, this mm-hmm. goes against profit, goes about market shares. And I understand why behind it. But is it moment to bring those marketing barriers down? Probably it is. And what we're saying here, I think the message to brands is that the timing is good, the expectation of audiences is positive, and there are tools and considerations that working with yourselves, obviously, brands can make sure that they've done the necessary level of understanding on their own propositions. And like, what should they say? And who should they say it to? And how should they say it? But they have Mm. to bring in some of those techniques that you're talking about. Otherwise, there is a greater risk that they will make some mistakes. Yeah. Like, for instance, treating everyone the same is wrong. You know, like, targets are not targeted by your category. You know, it's targeted by within your category, who you are talking to, you know, and how far they are from the behavioral change that you are trying to, to change. On the other hand, it's about the attitudes. And that's why this implicit testing is helpful, you know, to understand what is the conviction of people behind those statements that we are testing, you know, because attitudes are much more proxy of behavior than stated explicit answers. So these techniques allow you to be, to predict slightly better. I kind of, I feel a bit like in this kind of area of sustainability, We've looked at some of the the pros. On the flip side of that, there is still risk, isn't there? And, you know, they do have to be sensitive and and careful about how they do it. So as much as we don't want to make this a very negative conversation, it is important for brands to know perhaps some of the things that they should avoid doing. I think there are a lot of things. I mean, let's not be fooling ourselves. You know, like we, we have been doing projects. I was just talking to our packaging expert that he was saying, you know, all the stuff that we have been doing around refill and reuse. And the challenges, you know, of uh, being on shelf, showing that this refill and reuse is better than the other. Do you know that 
we are making it very difficult. You know, like we are not making these choices, you know, at this moment of truth on the shelf. We are not reading packaging. We are not reading it because we are obviously in this autopilot. We don't spend hours doing our grocery shop by looking for options that might be better. You know, so this is even in the best efforts of these manufacturers wanted to do this refill and reuse a way to go. They have to make it much easier because they are they are really facing barriers that people don't think, don't think on the point of sale. You know, they don't make this computational effort, you know, because it would take us 14 hours to do our shopping and probably we all have very <laughs> better things to do. So we are, we are requiring an effort. So bringing down all these cognitive efforts, you know, that we are asking to consumers. That's why I'm saying, you know, that you put an offer out there, a better sustainable option. You need to make it even easier. And I think in general, just building on what you said, Christina, on everything that we know about humans and the fact that we go with what's the easiest, we go with what we know, we go with the defaults, if you like. We also know that they often post-rationalize some of the decisions that they've made. And we also know that very often, any intention that they might say they want to, to buy a new product or they're interested in, in a new sustainability option, there is often that gap between what they want to do and what they end, end up doing, which we call the green gap, a really big gap that we need to fill, particularly when it comes with something as complex as sustainability. We really need to see how often can that intention to act in the right way thus translate into the actual behavior. And probably that is where everything that we were discussing earlier about making sure that we measure those intentions on a implicit level, but also we help them, we help fill that gap, we give them the right solutions to be able to follow through regardless of what they might have known in the past or might have done in the past, disrupting those habits that Christina was talking about as well. The green gap, I think, is brilliant because, you know, you've got all, all of this research and attitudinally consumers say, yes, 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 let's let's do this and it's really important to me. And then their actual behaviour doesn't always match that. So you can imagine the brand on the other side of this, they could force the choice a little, couldn't they? And like you say, they, they could go and remove certain products and then replace them with much more sustainable options. But that that feels like to the brand, like that presents short term risk. And that's really about appetite from the brand, isn't it? As to, you know, how significant or important their longer term goals are. Do you get involved in conversations like that? Because I imagine this you know, must go right to the top of many organisations about how do we decide what's the right way forward here? Absolutely. I think there are two things that we need to consider with that. One is going back to everything that we were saying today in terms of how do we truly understand what consumers want and, and what will really engage them, which goes back to all the different tools that we've touched on today and, and all those implicit measures. So when we do try to test different options, different solutions, making sure that we understand and test them properly. But then on the other hand is exactly what you were saying in terms of once we have that information, we then are able to better prioritize, but also see how we can put them in the context of the shopper journey or the, the consumer journey that we're looking at to see how we can find some final nudges to encourage them to, to take them. What are the final motivations that in practice we can, we can mm -hmm. help consumers then take what we're suggesting and what we're putting in, in front of them. And it's going to be a journey as well, isn't it? You know, it's not going to mm. happen overnight. No, and I think I think it's, I think as always when we say to the brands, is always make it easy, mate, and make it rewarding. Make me feel good about it. Just myself, you know, thinking about what is wrong and what sustainability means and all of this. And I think I'm doing every day something wrong and things that I know that I shouldn't be doing, and I'm doing it because 
A, I don't have time. B, I don't have the bloody garbage bin that is the right one. <laughs> and C, I don't know where I have my glasses and I cannot read this small phone. So that's the thing. So it's like thinking about people that are not in this, even not that motivated. Do you know? So I'm motivated, you know, but I don't represent the society. Do you know? Because even me being absolutely biased. So imagine a human being, because I think marketeers, our self research is, I mean, sometimes we are not human beings, right? I mean, human beings with the sense of being in our, living our lives, you know, without being with that much level of compromise. I think you've touched on something really, really important there in terms of how can we make it easy for people to engage with, but also the the ex additional challenge that sustainability has in the sense that it's something relatively remote that we often struggle to understand the impact of. So one of the, the other things that we talk about with our clients quite often is about what does it mean for me as a consumer? to engage with what you're putting in front of me. Why should I do it? So make it as simple mm -hmm. as possible for me to mm. understand this complex world of sustainability, but also what it means to me, what are the tangible benefits for me and my world around me, rather than this very untangible big planet that I might not quite know where it's going. Yeah, yeah. and it, there is hope because brands are great at that, making things simple so that people actually understand it. I just wonder, are there any kind of more macro factors that, that might kind of impact on, on this agenda as to the consumer preference, for instance, or brand's appetite to, to kind of move ahead with sustainability? Well, I think the cost of living is another barrier. I hope doesn't stop brands to then deprioritize it. Because it is true that people is like, if it's going to be more expensive, you know, and I don't have, because then are people who are really struggling at the moment. But I think brands then need to work on value perception. Everything about transparency is key here. That we've seen that there are people that are happy to pay more if they know where the costs are coming from, if they know what they're almost investing in, how, how they can improve the, the environment and how they can help by, by, by paying a bit more. But others who need to hear that living sustainably doesn't have to be more expensive and actually can even save us money sometimes. And in general, just setting new defaults, I think we need to to move towards world. Uh, again, this is our, our call to action, hopefully for, for brands out there to see how we can we can set those options that are better for, for the environment, that are better for us to actually be cheaper than the non-sustainable ones. How can we actually penalize if we can those who want mm -hmm. to still purchase and, and invest into yeah. into the non-sustainable options. Or even yeah. just looking at how we can reframe the cost. As we know that how choices are presented, whether it's a loss or as a potential gain, really affects the choices mm -hmm. that we make. And there's this great study done by Zero Waste Scotland, who showed that charging people an extra fee for disposable drink cups instead of offering them a discount, is actually better at driving that behavior change and is more effective at encouraging people to bring mm -hmm. their own cups and, and use reusables. The very clear, loud and clear call to action that I'm taking out of this is that every brand should be talking to you both. Clearly, you know so much about this and you can really kind of help guide them in the right direction. I'm going to do my best here to kind of do a roundup. So first up, the time is now. Brands really have an opportunity and the positivity is 
really important, but also just contextually, consumers are with them. They want them to succeed and they expect to get, you know, communications. It, clearly, it's very complex for brands and no one size is going to fit all here. You know, that's very apparent in just some of the examples that you've been giving as we've been talking. But but research is, is really critical. Like you, you cannot get away with not having it. And at the level that you're talking about, we're talking about, you know, better understanding the audience, where they're at on their journey, then bringing in other techniques as well to understand the implicit context of everything, as well as how do we then apply behavioural science? Like how do you get them to do what we would like them to do or move along the journey that we have, you know, for them to move towards? Loud and clear from Chris, you've got to make it easy. If you're a brand, you've probably got lots of decision points yourself, but in the end, make it easy, make it rewarding. And then I think the other one that I would say is just to be realistic as well, because I imagine there's quite a lot riding on this for organizations they need to be realistic about what's achievable and over what time frame and you know what what does it take to really get there that's my kind of secondhand what i've learned today and thank you i feel very educated right now but perhaps i can just ask for your thoughts on that chris Anything you would add? No, no, I think, I think, well done. So I think it's, it's the summary and, and I think it's important how you have translated some of our points beyond the science behind, because I think it's always important to speak human, which you have, which is great. And I think the last thing, but I think is, is, is redundant, but it's like sustainability is not a trend, a buzzword, a hype, it's a must. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And over to you, Andrea. I think even if we are in a such a economical context where we, we might feel like we would like to deprioritize some of the sustainable budget, we really need to bear in mind that even if we do that now, and as consumers might might think about cost of living first, once that is being a bit relieved, everything that we know from a behavior perspective and the attitudes and behaviors that we have seen before this this crisis will come back and will come back even stronger. And similar with what we have seen with COVID, so really important to to not deprioritize but keep on going because it will come back. Fantastic. Thank you, Andrea, and thank you, Christina. You've been wonderful guests on this episode. I think you know there's there's, there's lots to take out of this. So thank you so much for sharing all of your insights. Uh, thanks for having you both in the studio today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And hoping to continue the conversation where we can. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Lab Leaders. I hope it's been useful food for thought on how human understanding can drive performance for brands. You can find a guide to everything discussed throughout the conversation and links to more information about the Human Understanding Lab in the show notes. We're on all the podcast platforms, so do subscribe and make sure you stay up to date. And we'll see you next time.